Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. I hope you guys all made it through your first day of work of the week. It is the Bet Online Salute to Troy podcast. We're back, getting ready for another game week. We got the cast with us. We got the one and only, the queen of LAFB. Kill you in the hurdles. Runs. What what time do you run? What's your best time in the hurdles? It, it wouldn't matter to you all, but it would probably be like four, four three six in the forty. It does matter. I want to know what time you run. I know track times. In the hurdles, twelve sixty. Twelve six. Twelve sixty. She's running twelve sixty in the hurdles, folks. That's about a that's about a football field. But if, if people like, I'm like, oh, I run a four three six. They're like, oh, there you <laughs> go. Twelve sixty in the hurdles. World class athlete. Candice Davis Price. How are you doing today? We're doing great, actually. It's it's feeling very fall, which I miss all the time when I live in LA. Like I never got the idea of girls wearing shorts and Ugg boots. I'm like, it's not even. <laughs> <laughs> they be like riding their bikes with the scarf on, and I'd be like, oh yeah. I know you're fired up today. You've been blowing up the the group tech, so I know you're ready to go. And we got the CEO, the legend, the walking legend himself, our man. Ryan Dyrude, how are you doing this Monday, Ryan? I don't know about all that, but doing good. You know, it's it actually feels a little like fall out here, Candace. What was it today, Fred? Like sixty-eight out here yep. in LA? Like, what over, what overcast? Overcast, yeah. Like I had my Ugg boots on. It was great. Loved it. <laughs> they are expecting the wettest and coldest winter in like twenty years. Bring it on! Love it. Do I you? Miss that. So that was hard from the wet in LA. There's so, no comparison. The wet in LA, the wet, that wet rain feeling. Mm-hmm. People, I would take snow and hail all day. It rains oh. in Southern California, your entire week is shot. Yeah, no, I agree. I just mean the cold because I'm from like you, I'm from the Midwest, from yeah. Denver. So, like, I miss having cold weather in the winter. Like, I'm tired of these 85 degree Thanksgivings. Like, I want some cold Thanksgivings. No, yeah. man, that, that's the benefit of that's the benefit of growing up in LA in the winter. You get to go outside and play with your toys on Christmas Day. You get any outside, you get any outside toys on Christmas Day, a bike, <laughs> RC car, big wheel, yeah. taco truck. You're like, oh, you get to open it and you say, oh, I could go play with it right now. On the other hand, you and Ryan, you got a bike, RC car, Tonka truck, or anything like that. Your Barbie Hot Wheel, uh, not Hot Wheel, your Barbie Power Wheel. We don't wait till Christmas to get bikes. We just get them during any time. I'm just saying, if you get a new bike for Christmas, you could ride it that day in Southern California. If you get a new bike in Ann Arbor, Michigan, on Christmas, you got to wait all the way until May to ride it because there's snow on the ground. Facts. <laughs> That's all you I'm just, saying. Instead of training wheels, you just have skis. Then you're good to go. <laughs> I. I Come to think of it, I don't think I've ever gotten a bike before. I, I did. <laughs> I did get a bike in Colorado, but I had to ride it in my basement for four months because, like Fred said, couldn't ride it outside. So I was in my basement in the concrete, like just doing laps. Did you not get a bike? Did you not get a bike until you went to USC? I hadn't had a bike for a very long time. I'm not a knock on the bike, but it kind of moves a little slow motion for me. I just want to uh, get there, and I feel like I can do that quicker with my feet than I could. That's what happens when you talk to a world-class athlete. Just <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Anyway, Ryan, you guys, you want to let the people know the big news for this weekend? Oh yeah, let's just reshare it. Uh, this Saturday, 
Stone Brewery Tap Room in Pasadena. We will be there live and in person for a live show before kickoff. Kickoff against Arizona State is 7.30, and then we'll be hanging out for a watch party um, all evening long. So it'll be food, drinks, giveaways. Um, we'll probably do our show. What are we saying, Fred? Like between four and five, we'll probably do the live show. Something yep. like that. Yep. So um, yeah, come hang out with us. Come say what up. Uh, we'll we'll come up we'll come up with some word that if you come up to us and say it, maybe we'll get, get you something for free. Just so we know you listen to the show. And Kim said, "What up?" So um, I'll put it in the I'll put it in the description because we didn't talk about this. I didn't even talk to Fred about this. We'll talk about it afterwards and and figure it out. But we'll let the good people know. I, I know a um, word. I know a word. I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna put it in the chat right now. And you're gonna be like, "Oh yeah, that's a good one." I mean, oh. like what Trojans or <laughs> no <laughs> fight on. But either way, we'd love to come. We'd love to see you guys. So uh, come hang out. Yeah, I mean that's right. fine. Do you want to do that? Yep. That's the okay, so word. if you show up again, Stone Brewery Tap Room in Pasadena, not the Stone Brewery in Escondido. We're we're a little <laughs> closer to the Collie up here in Pasadena, and you come to us and say the word "traveler," we'll hook you up with something free, whether that's some USC uh, T-shirt, whether that's some other kind of swag, whether we buy you, maybe we'll just buy you a beer. Uh, there'll be food there as well. So come hang out with us Saturday, starting around three thirty, is when we're kind of gonna be showing up, be there all night for the game. And we'll buy you a drink. <laughs> I'm not. T- I'm not taking you home with me though, because my wife was. Ki- my wife will kill you. She's fart crazy. <laughs> so you Aren't won't. Braces that yeah. term. Why you can say it so free? I, I. All right. I'm, before we get going, I'm gonna give you a quick story about my wife. So like, she's very. I, I will say this. She's. She's not the jealous type. She doesn't really care. I'll say, hey, I'm going here. Blah blah blah. Like. I have platonic female friends. She's met them all. Have phone conversations with them on the phone. She talks with them on the phone. She's not very loose. But I'm going to tell you, once we got married, once we got married, like we weren't on each other's social media or anything. Once we got married, we were in our honeymoon in Hawaii and we were walking down the hall and she stopped and she was like, where's your wedding ring? I'm like, uh, I left it on the stand. Nope, go back and get it. That's one thing that she is very crazy about. If I leave the house without my wedding ring, I'm done. It's, right. it's all... Are you a wedding ring, a, a wedding ring guy? Me or Fred? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, well, yeah. this is my uh, my actual wedding ring is a much nicer one, but I got I got fat during COVID, so now I just got one of those rubber ones that can actually fit me. So, yeah. But I don't leave house without it, so it still uh, it still goes with me everywhere. I, I'm, not a, I'm not a, a ring girl. My husband's not a ring guy. I think it's the real athlete in us that it it, became, it was like a thing in the beginning, and then it was like I'm going to the weight room. He was playing, and they're like, if you have your ring on and you're down the trenches, like we might have to like cut your finger off. You. And I was like, yeah, kind of need yeah. those fingers. So I think it kind of became a habit. They have the so silicone. Get one of these. Get one of these rubber ones. ones. Yeah, yeah I just rip off. For like six days in Moscow, I was like, "It's cool." Yeah, so I I actually lost one too, and so I I went on Amazon and I brought I bought the three pack of silicone rings. So if I lose on that, step it up. Yeah, so that's a good story though. I can I can I can dig it. That's the end. That's that's the end. You get the end the in depth life of cultural. So there you go. (laughs) So moving on, the USC Trojans. Are ranked number five. They they stayed. They were idle this week. They stayed number five. A couple of teams moved down. 
Believe it or not, Alabama even moved down three after their performance. I'm surprised Georgia didn't move. I, but- believe, I completely believe they moved down. They should. I, yeah. I feel like everyone was waiting for them to move down. So the fact that as the score crept higher and higher, they were just like this. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Alabama moved down. LSU moved up. LSU stayed where they were. Even Ohio State stayed where they were, which is weird. Um, so let's talk about the state of the Trojans. But but before we get to the state of Trojans, I, I just want to give you guys this hot take. And I mentioned it in Slack earlier this morning. This is going to be the first year, mark my words right now, September 18, 2023, I said this. This will be the first year of CFP history there will be no SEC team. Say it again? This is going to be the first year in CF, CFP history there will be no SEC team. Why? The conference just isn't strong anymore. Georgia? Georgia barely won. So if Georgia gets one loss, they'll they'll drop back. You're saying? Oh yeah. Yeah. And no one else can move back up. Wow. I, I see Georgia getting one loss. And I feel like I could have never seen this day. I should never strong, but it was a very yeah. hard guy to think that this day would come. Which is a great I, prelude. This is a great prelude of what we're going to talk about. Like, like, let's just and then we'll lead into that. Let's just talk about the state of the Trojans. I'll lead it off. USC. And Candace is not going to agree with me. So everybody, look at her facial reaction right now. USC is on the stair steps of becoming the Pete Carroll era again. I think they're really, really close of becoming the Pete Carroll era again. Like they're filling up the stadium. They're great to watch. Their starters have yet to play a complete game. They're putting on an excellent show. They're dominant. They have great players on both sides of the ball. What they're doing and what Lincoln Riley has done as far as recruiting this year and what he's setting up right now, though, he's the, uh, to me, I think the under under underground utilities are late. He's now setting up the foundation of this house and this foundation that he's setting up. And if you don't know construction, but this is 10,000 PSI concrete. This is one of the strongest concretes you could ever have. Like, like earthquake proof for L.A.? Beyond earthquake, you only need four thousand psi for for California code. Ten thousand psi is like gets the winters, doesn't crack, doesn't do anything. Like this is some of the strongest concrete that he's laying for a foundation. And like I said earlier, if he moves on, right? Say he does gives us eight good years. I hope they do the right thing and succeed him to keep this thing growing. And what I say about that, here's a good example: Penn State does not win national championships. But what Penn, what Penn State does is win 12 games a year, right, including the bowl game, right? They, I shouldn't say 12 games. They win 10 to 12 games a year, including the bowl game, right? And they stay competitive. That's all we need from SC. Stay competitive, continue to compete for the, for the, the, uh, the conference championship, and win the Rose Bowl. You do that, fans will constantly come to your game. And every now and then you sprinkle in the national championship, you're solid. So I think where the Trojans are right now, are they there yet? They're not there yet. I'm not going to say they're there, right? But the prog- they're trending up and they're trending up fast. They're trending up like AMC stock during COVID right now, right? So like nice. that, that's just – that's like I have nothing but positive to say about where the Trojans are as a program, where the Trojans are going as a program. You know how I feel if we dig deeper and start nitpicking that stuff. But, like, 
as a programmer where they are, number five team in the nation, they're in a great spot. They could sit at number five for a very, very long time. They could sit at number five all the way till week nine until teams start knocking each other off. And then next thing you know, December 1st, they're playing in the conference championship. They win the conference championship. We're looking at a college football playoff game. What, what, where do you think the Trojans are, Ryan? Yeah, I think they're in a great spot. I mean, you know, we've – I don't want to say been overcritical, but I think we've been fairly critical just because of kind of who they've played. But at the end of the day, like, you can't decide who your schedule is. Like, these athletes, these players, these coaches don't decide their schedule. You play who your schedule is. And guess what? That schedule they played, they've outscored their opponent 178 to 56. They've, they've won by a margin of victory of 42 points per game, which is second in the entire country. So they've been given their schedule – they beat the doors off their schedule and here they are three and oh. So um, yeah, there's work to be done. I'm not sitting here saying given the national championship right now, there's work to be done, but I think we should feel very good about where this Trojans team is. And, and to go back to your, your point on, this is the first year that the sec won't be in the playoff. Um, you know, I agree with you. I think it's absolutely possible. And what's, what sucks is, and this is kind of what we'll get to in the conversation. Like this is the only year where there's a potential of two Pac-12 teams to make the playoff. But what's hard, because this is what happens every year, this year will just be actually talked about, because no one ever talked about the Pac-12 outside of the the West Coast, is the Pac-12 is absolutely going to cannibalize each other. I mean, outside of hopefully USC getting away unscathed, like all these top teams, there's eight teams in the top 25 right now. All of them, but maybe one, are going to have at least one loss probably. It's going to be very rare that two of these teams go undefeated. And so it's like, they'll be deserved to have two in the, in the final four, but will the committee do that? Or will they always skew like they do to the other conferences and, and put in a one loss team, a one loss Georgia over a two loss Washington. When in reality, I think, I think at this point, again, it's early, but at this point, I think we can all agree that I think a two loss Washington would be better than a one loss Georgia, just because of the quarterback they have in Michael Penix and the receiving core they have that you could argue is best nation. I would say USC is, but Washington's certainly up there. Um, and we haven't even talked about Oregon, Utah, UCLA looks pretty dynamic and, and whatnot. So um, I think it's, it's a great year of the Pac-12. And I, this is definitely USC, as you said, Fred, is they're on the brink of, of greatness again. They've built to this point over the last 18 months. And, and now, you know, we, we get to see them blow the doors off again by Arizona State. We'll do the preview later in the week because they, they don't have a quarterback currently really playing for them. But after that, we'll get into some real, uh, real football where we can see SC tested a little bit. Candace, before you go, I will say this too. So right now there's eight teams. I say by the end of the year, we'll see Arizona in the top twenty-five. So we'll have nine out of twelve teams in the top twenty-five. Arizona Wildcats. Yes, Arizona is going to. Yes. What pigs are flying away? Arizona is going to make the top twenty-five. They're not. I'm not saying they're going to be a top ten school, but they'll be down there. Like when it's all said and done, I can see them being between twenty and twenty-five. Like, I, I like I like Arizona. I love Jed Fish. I don't know if they're quite there yet, but maybe. Yeah, I just Candace, don't think. I mean, because they, they're going to be playing all yeah. these other Pac-12 schools, so it's going to be hard for them to get away without just four losses. True. I, you, I like. It. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, what do you think? I like Ryan. Did you have AG one degrees this morning? <laughs> I feel like I I fired up from him. Yeah. Of course. I'm like really feeling your energy right now. And I had AG1 greens, just letting you know. <laughs> but Love the reality it. is, um, I, I mean, I'm really feeling what you're saying. I don't totally disagree with you. I'm going to give you a nice little analogy. My 
child is playing Fortnite, which is like Call of Duty nowadays. And he's like, mom, you know who Patrick Mahomes is? I was like, yeah, he's a football player. He's like, no, he's my Fortnite skins. And I was like, what? <laughs> he's like, no, he's on Fortnite. And he does the, like the gritty thing. I was like, no, he's a football player. I'm saying that to say some kids or, or some fans, the new generation, Pete Carroll is going to make me feel so ancient to them, where it feels so new and alive to me. My kid thinks LeBron James is a cartoon character because he saw Space Jam, right? Yep. Or Michael Jordan. He's like, oh, Michael Jordan, he's with Looney Tunes. I'm like, what? So the <laughs> idea, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm old. But that Pete Carroll arrow that was so memorable and epic and legendary, again, I use the term changing of the guards. This Lincoln Riley is going to be that new era to them. Just like how when we rank these players and we look back the 80s and the 90s and that was everything to them, it's, it's, it's part of the sport. Hold, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. We got that on record. Are you saying, are you saying Lincoln Riley is the changing of the guard? Is this coming from Candace Davis Price? Are you saying that? Are, are you I team Lincoln Riley? There's a to I don't think Lincoln Riley. Pete Carroll was the changing of the guard. Lincoln Riley's complete package, as you guys touched on, his new AD, his Strength, his um, strength and performance guy, his young, young core that's going to be even better. It's a complete package. So Love you're it. not completely brought in on Lincoln Riley yet? I think she is. I think it sounds I'm like it. It's oh, it's, maybe it's the lack of swag. Like Pete Carroll used to wear Nike Monarchs and be swagged out. And you was like, bro, I want to be like Pete's friend. Lane Kiffin used to just be like, bro. He definitely hangs out with all black people. <laughs> That's just the reality of what it was. But when I see Lincoln Riley, he screams Oklahoma Midwest, not shining LA. West Texas. So, West Texas, yeah. He, yeah. he screams West Texas. So yeah. He's a little swaggier, though. He's got a little LA drip now. Like he, I saw him on Radio Row walking like, I don't, I don't know if he's rocking like Lacoste shoes or what, maybe a little East Coast swagger, but he's looking good. I mean, it, 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 I, mean I, I, I was so out. Pete Carroll, he's one of the coolest humans outside of football. And that's just tough to compete with. The way he connected with the guys, the way he walked around campus, like there was no, he, like seeing Nick Saban walk around campus and seeing Pete Carroll, I think there's totally different interactions that he has with the general public and uh, athletes. So I want to I, I add, I want to tell you one story because I don't think I've told you, Candace. I don't know if I told you. Saban, what? Nothing I said about Nick Saban. Go ahead. Oh, no, no. Not Nick Saban, no. Um, but I don't think I told you this. Uh, but two years ago, Pac-12 Media Day, it was in L.A. Um, this was Lincoln Riley's first year here, so going into his first season. And at Pac-12 Media Day, they always do um, – probably anybody, I'm sure. But they do the first, like, six coaches, and then they do, like, a lunch break where everyone goes to the same area, has lunch. You can just kind of mingle. And then after, like, an hour, they go and do the, the second six coaches. And um, so we're up there. And of course, Lincoln Riley is a new shiny toy. Caleb Williams with him along with Shane Lee. And so they're in this corner and everyone, I mean, this is lunch. Everyone's supposed to just like relax, like put your guard down, like not interview. And all the media is trying to like take pictures and interview and whatever. So me, it was me, Jamal and Will. We just go and grab our food. It's like buffet line, sit down at a table and we're sitting there. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Caleb Williams, Lincoln Riley, Shane Lee come and sit at our table for lunch. And so that was like a, Yes, there's still media around, but it was like that first where they kind of let their guard down because like we weren't going to we're not going to 
I mean, we were just happy to be there. So we're not going to be like media people. So we're talking about like, oh, how do you like LA? Like, have you guys been surfing yet? This, yeah, just shooting the crap with them. And like, it was cool to actually get them a little bit out of their shell and see the real person. We're talking to Shane Lee about his top five favorite like comedy movies of all time, like his Mount Rushmore and talking to Caleb about suits and, and Lincoln, like about his, you know, where he's living. So um, I think if you, again, no one I don't think will ever be Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll is a legend. And I mean, he's still what, 75 years old and he's still got all the swaggy uh, up in Seattle. He's so, still I mean, wearing he's, Nike Monarchs. Nike yeah. Monarchs literally need to do a commercial for him. He'd have everybody, yes. every senior citizen spot rocking the Nike, Nike Monarchs. Totally. I mean, like, no one will ever be Pete Carroll. The kids wear New Balances now, they will wear Nike Monarchs because Pete Carroll. <laughs> yes, I love it. And I'm jealous I didn't get to know him back in those days. But, but I think Lincoln, all I'm trying to say is like when he's away from the media, the cameras. So like you saw Pete on campus. I think if you saw Lincoln on campus, he's, you know, a little more approachable and down to earth than what you see on camera. I think that's fair. And I, and I would like to attest that I know what it's like to people to judge you just based off of a performance based, you know, when they're coaching, it's a performance. That is their job. And you're right. I was able to have an intimate relationship in an appropriate way. Um, in the weight room, Jalen Center, Heritage Hall. Um, he wanted, he liked my dog, so he let my dogs run at Howard Jones during practice. Like, they were very special moments that I shared. It wasn't these barriers between like a media pass and this and that and more. Mm -hmm. So, so cool. I'm giving them a chance, Al. I like how you said, and I like how you said in an appropriate way. I, I love gotta that. Be clear. I love gotta this. be clear. <laughs> I, use, I use that even when I coach, but it always goes to here. But I'm like, it, it's more like a special, unique bond. That bond, you, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And I mean, used to be in the weight room with them like it was normal. And then Nike Monarchs. I'm like, bro. <laughs> no, definitely. So, I love it. So, we got a good. So, today is a good day. Candace is giving Lincoln Riley a chance. Hopefully, we could get her convinced on Jen next, but we'll see. Jen is from California. She's from San Diego. She's a San Diego, San Diego native, so she can't use into that one. From San Diego, and she's got away. So she was that way. I don't see, I don't see modern day and Long Beach Poly and all their kids flocking to get out of Los Angeles. Just saying, I'm gonna leave it at that. <laughs> we'll work on one at a time, Ryan. We'll definitely yeah. Let's take our time with that one. Yeah. Let's take our time. <laughs> we got our own. We got our own Lincoln. So we'll 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 work on one at we'll a time. We'll wait for next year. That'll be our challenge next year. Yeah. yeah. To forget about it on Jen. That's definitely true. Hey, before Can I we... ask you guys something? Yeah, go ahead. Or where were you? Go ahead. Were I was going to read a. Pro... I was going to read a promo, but go okay, ahead. Okay, go ahead. Pay the bills. Go ahead. Oh, before we, before Ryan says his most important thing of the night, I just want to let. You... <laughs> <laughs> I just want to let you guys know. Salute to Charles. Brought to you by Bet Online, where you get all your in-game parlays, up to the minute stats, live wagers, bets, and everything you need to know to make money. Uh, Vegas is losing a lot right now. So even that means better lines losing a lot. So if you want to get a chance to get some of that money and be on Sean McVay's side and push the spread for you guys <laughs> with a with a two-second field goal, go to betterline.ag. Once again, that's betterline.ag. And if you use promo code believe that's B-L-E-A-V, you will get a 50% welcome bonus. Betterline.ag where the game starts. What do you got for us, Ryan? All right. Well, unless you had a another topic before we go kind of big picture, but I wanted to, I wanted to ask you guys about Caleb and, and the quarterbacks real quick. Cause um, first of all, I know you guys did, but just for the people out there, you guys watch that, that Colorado Colorado state game. Yes. I was up till 3 a.m. 
That's right, your East Coast. Phenomenal game. I gotta first let me just say this because we don't gotta dive into it too much. We're gonna talk Colorado in two weeks. But um for those who don't know, I grew up in Colorado. The only two schools I applied to for college was Long Beach State and Colorado State. So I grew up going down to the Rocky Mountain Showdown. Such a fun rivalry. I think it's so underrated uh in terms of what it gets nationally, mainly just because Colorado State's a Mountain West school. So, you know, it's always gonna be the bigger conferences that get praised more, but it's such a fun rivalry. It's it's a heated rivalry, as you guys saw on Saturday. But- um, but man, what a game that was. And what, what that leads me to is, you know, Shadur Sanders, I think deserves so much praise and I love what he's doing. I love it. Just such a great young man. And I think his, his talent is finally getting on display now being at this big program and obviously all the hype, the school's gone, but I think it's deservedly that being said, this is a USC Trojan show. We do cover the Trojans. I feel like people are just forgetting the greatness that is Caleb Williams and all the talk is sure Sanders. All the talk is even Michael Penix jr. Drake Mays getting a lot of love. You're seeing Jordan Travis out in Florida state getting a lot of love. All of a sudden Caleb Williams is getting like forgotten about in a way. Now I can throw the numbers out and I will, when it comes back, oh, let me ask, let me ask, throw the numbers out. First. Who, who leaves the nation touchdowns? Caleb Williams. Why does Caleb Williams only average 220? Uh, 293 yards a game. Oh, I'll tell you why, Ryan. I'll, I'll, I'll just I'll just back you up, Ryan. Why does he average 293 yards a game? Oh, I'll tell you why. Because when Caleb Williams comes out of the locker room, he's no longer playing after halftime. That's why. Why do all these other quarterbacks have all these yards? Because they have to play full games. That's the reason why. Put Caleb Williams in three games for four quarters, he will already have 1,100 yards passing and 20 touchdowns, and they'll just give him the Heisman right now. You guys want to see this dude play a full game? Okay, be careful what you ask for. People forget that Caleb Williams is the best college player in football. There is nobody better than Caleb Williams out there. You can say everything you want to say about him, but Caleb Williams is the – I've seen this. There's a difference between TV and watching people in real life. And I will give you – I'll give you two examples. I watched Reggie Bush on TV for a very long time. And then I went to the Fresno State game in person. I went to that game in person, and I watched Reggie Bush put that team on his back and win the Heisman. When I saw Caleb against San Jose State, there's were t- there were multiple times when he should have been sacked, and he wasn't sacked. You talk about the most valuable asset a quarterback could have, and that is keeping your eyes downfield. Nobody and NCAA keeps their eyes downfield better than Caleb Williams. He could have five people in his face. He'll scramble, extend the play, and he still has his eyes downfield. And guess what he will do? He'll throw a 63-yard touchdown after a 15-yard scramble. So if you guys want to forget about Caleb Williams, that's fine. But guess what? Caleb Williams is going to play four quarters in Oregon, and Caleb Williams is going to show you why you're going to hand him over the Heisman Trophy again. So they can forget about him all he wants. Caleb ain't played four quarters yet. Right. Caleb's going to play four quarters. And then just to throw some more numbers and then Candace, get your thoughts. But so we'll keep sorry about that, Ryan. I didn't mean I didn't mean mean because if you didn't, then I'm worried when you do, because you was fired up about that. No, it's just it's it's just it's just and and we'll let Ryan get his point. It's just like Ryan. Ryan, he's right. Nobody's talking about Caleb. Like and you guys are choosing but not no to one talk. Said it, it talks about the West Coast like it should be ever. Yep. Well, that's fine. That's fine. We're really worried about coaches getting fired from Michigan. <laughs> that's another conversation. <laughs> that's fine, but don't don't forget about the best because here's the thing. 
great players use that as silent encouragement. For sure. Great athletes use that as silent encouragement. So y'all just y'all just keep doing things and doing things. All you're doing is poking the bear. And my brother said it best. He said, he said, Colorado could talk all the mess they want to talk this week, but they're the bear. So don't poke the bear. And my brother went to Oregon. So mm-hmm. they, they could talk everything they want to talk, but don't poke the bear. All they're doing is poking the bear. And when the bear comes out the cave and wakes up from hibernation, you're gonna be like, oh. Oh, that's why. Okay. I'm sorry about that, Ryan. I just <laughs> go ahead. What were no, you no, no, no. We're for you. We're on the same, we're on the same page. And and just uh and I want to phrase this correctly because I don't want to take anything away from Shooter Sanders because I think he's had a phenomenal year, deserves a lot of the credit. But when we're just comparing kind of how great he's been compared to how great Caleb Williams is, you look at so Shooter Sanders so far, 136 pass attempts. He has 1,200 yards passing, 12 touchdowns. It's been sacked 15 times, has, I believe, three interceptions. Um, excuse me, one interception. So that's great. And 10 touchdowns. So 1,200 yards, 10 touchdowns, one interception. Caleb Williams, 900 yards, 13 total touchdowns, zero interceptions, 70 pass attempts. Half the amount of pass attempts as Shadir Sanders because he's played seven quarters versus 12 quarters he's played an entire an entire game he has not played and yet he's putting up the same as or even better numbers and so if Shador Sanders is him well then Caleb Williams is Heisman I'll just say that (laughs) it's your turn Candice all right we all had our AG ones today because (laughs) we're fired up just just I'm saying um I agree and I haven't seen Caleb. I am so looking forward to go to Colorado. I can't tell you how many. We'll be there. I can probably tell you, but there's several USC guys at several national champion Rose Bowl, uh, maybe even an Orange Bowl guys that would be at that game. And I think that just speaks volumes that it's going to be electrifying and they want to be a part of it. Right. I don't want to skip over what's happening this week, but to give the attention to Caleb, when you are an elite athlete, it's smooth. When you are at, this is extreme, but it's not. The first time I ever saw Tom Brady, I was like, because it was on, on TV, everything's moving fast in the NFL, but in person, smooth calculations, everything accurate. And you're like, wow, this is a true art. So when I, Caleb, the way he moves, um, his level of composure, and then I feel like it's his style of play, right? And he's been here before. He's won the Heisman before. It's not just about having to play harder. It's about playing smarter. And you play smarter being protected and playing less. I'll connect that with the, the current quarterback that I get privileged to coach, Bryce Underwood. Five TDs in the first half, 42 points, and they're shutting him down. So you can only imagine what more. But, you know, shout out to Lincoln Riley for protecting <laughs> his Heisman Trophy candidate. And I think Shador, like, what should what, what he's doing for Colorado is what they need. They haven't had anything. We have multiple Heisman. We have so many Heismans. They're taking them away from people that absolutely deserve their Heisman. But that's another conversation. Give Reggie his Heisman back. Give it back. Free <laughs> Reggie. I'm going to put it on the shirt. Free the Heisman. But it is nice for Shador to be in that conversation. Bottom line. And ultimately, the people that are not emotional about the game are going to use those stats that you guys just spewed as their evidence. 
If you guys want to know about AG1 that Candace is so gladly talking about, you could go. You to want to AG- catch that Los Angeles grocery bill? <laughs> get you some AG1 ASAP. You could go to drinkag1.com backslash salute to Troy and start a membership today. With that, you'll get five free travel packs and your supply of vitamin D. That's drinkag1.com backslash salute to Troy. Hey, so this is an awkward situation this year. I just want to let you guys know. The, the conference in the Pac-12 has been in a lull for so long. And th- there's reasons why, right? And I'll, I'll tell you my reasons why. I'll let you guys go and I'll tell you my reasons why. But they've just been in a lull for so long. And finally, they're back to how it was, I could say, when I was playing. There, there, is, there was no Saturday where you could play a Pac-10 team at the time and thought you were going to win. Because every person came who came in or every place we went to play, every kid on that team thought they should have got a USC scholarship. There was no guarantee win playing in the Pac-10, except the bottom feeders, right? So we'll say eight, eight out of the 10 teams, no matter what your rank was, you could walk in and lose. Oh, yeah, we lost to Oregon State. We lost. Like, like, never, never won in Oregon when I was there with Pete Carroll. Never won in Oregon. So, like, those, those are the things, right? I've never went undefeated. Lost two games. Lost to Stanford. Lost to Oregon State. Lost to UCLA, right? Like, those, those are the things that, like, happen in the Pac-12. The game we lost to UCLA, if we would have beat UCLA, we go to the national championship. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> there's so much that happens, used to happen in the Pac-10. The Pac-12 is back to that, right? There are, oh, man. I was, it might be better. It might be better, Alan. I'm. I don't want to interrupt your point, but no, you may. You might be right, but there, there are there are maybe eight teams that are solid teams, right? There are eight quarterbacks eight. in the in the Pac-12 that are legit national quarterbacks with putting up stats that are really good, right? The Pac-12 is back. The unfortunate part is, <laughs> drop the mic on it. This is the last year of the Pac-12, right? <laughs> and it's kind of like it reminds me just to give you an analogy. <laughs> it's like when you're dating someone and you give them so many chances to get right. Like, let's say whatever. They drink too much. They got too much. You give them so many chances to get right. They finally do. And you're like, you're the best version of yourself. And then but you just waited too long. Like yeah. I met someone else. Like I met someone else. You waited too long. Like, sorry. Yeah. I will. Best- I will tell you this. You may have a barbecue set in your white t-shirt, but I'm I'm on. I moved on. <laughs> I will I will say this. I will say this. What the teams in the Pac-12 doing, they're ahead of the curve. I am not upset about them leaving the Pac-12. They needed to leave the Pac-12 and they did it before everybody else did it, right? It was going to happen. But this is the last year. The best part about it is, even though this is the last year, and I'll and I'll let you guys talk, and I and I'm I'm gonna get deep into some stuff when it, when it comes back around to me. We're getting good Pac-12 football for the last year of this of this conference, and I greatly appreciate that. What do you think, Candace? Since you are a Pac-10 champion, Pac-10 champion. you're a Pac-10 champion. How do you how do you feel about that? Right, like almost like an antique. Like it doesn't even exist. Yeah. More. Oh man, I, I agree. It is 
very a great analogy, like being in a relationship. And finally, I really would like to know behind closed doors because I'm like, was SC and UCLA like really trying to make it work? Was Pac-10 being greedy? I mean, there are some speculations, but bro, you might have some good insight on that. Um, and now that it's, I shouldn't say falling apart, just even the fact that us going to Colorado, like we won't put this, the hype around this is the only year that we'll have the hype around this because they'll be in a, a totally different conference. So it's just, it's not bizarre, but you touched on it earlier. Like the kids don't pick the schedules. The coaches don't pick the schedules. Who would have ever thought that USC would be playing Colorado and if they would be two ranked teams in the Pac-12? That's unthinkable. If somebody would have told you that several years ago, you'd be no. UW, Oregon, Washington, cool. You kind of expect that. But the fact that you have a team like Colorado, who's been resurrected by primetime, is going up against the number five team in the country, and there is conversation about what the game will look like is unheard of. Facts? I got you on that one, Al. We, we're talking about it. If it wasn't a big one, we'll be talking about it. Just like well, that. you're only talking about it because of prime, but go. Go look at go look at the 2016 Colorado. Is it Pullman, Washington, or she's from the Dub? Who? Jen. She's from Pullman, or she's from UW. Oh, okay. Go look at the 2016 Colorado team. That's a lot of the 2016 Colorado team won, I think, 12 games. It was nationally ranked. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take it back. But no, I, I I'm I am I'm thrilled for the excitement. I. Round of applause to USC and UCLA for wanting to shake things up for the fans and wanting to keep it interesting and keep it fresh. And they don't have to. They're going to get their billion, gajillion, trillion dollar contracts without, or not so much without us. But the idea that I felt like they valued the idea of let's shake it up. And they really did. They set the trend. Everyone else is kind of like a knee jerk reaction, too. So I am a Pac 10 champion. Did they set the trend? Did they set the trend or did they make the move that everybody else is eventually going to make? And when I say everybody else, I say Alabama, Texas, Michigan, Ohio State. Just think, just, 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 just think about that. What do you think, Ryan? What do you think about this Pac-12 stuff? Well, before I even talk about just the play on the field this year, which is so impressive. um, And I think I can't remember if we've talked about this before, but I think what this really shows and I try, I try so hard not to, you know, be, sound disrespectful to the UWs, to the Oregons, to the Stanfords, to the other schools who are great institutions. But this is the Salute Detroit podcast, so we can be a little disrespectful if we want to. But right. I think this this shows the absolute power, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say the little brother across town too, but the absolute power that USC football and UCLA basketball had in this conference, because as soon as they decided to jump last year. It all went to shit. No one could save face. A month ago, Oregon and UW, Stanford, Cal, even Colorado, all of them were all still trying to make the Pac-10 work without the LA schools. And no media wanted them without SC or UCLA because the power of UCLA basketball and the power of SC football was driving the Pac-10, Pac-12, Pac-8 conference for generations. And so that was my biggest takeaway was the power that the L.A. schools and the L.A. market had on the conference. And SC and Mike Bone kind of drove the ship, realized that. And he talked to Martin Jarman over UCLA and got him to go along with it and said, hey, we're we're the ones driving this thing. Why are we waiting on our horrible management 
to make a move for us when we can make a move for ourselves and go make double what we'd make here. So that was my biggest takeaway on that. Before I even talk football, let's throw it back to you guys. I'm sure you have stuff to say. No, that no. Was, that was great. I mean, you talk, you're talking LA cause you're there. Let's talk about regional impact. Let's talk about continental United States impact. Let's talk about my license plate. I'm, my car might be wrapped in USC driving through the streets of Ann Arbor. You know what I mean? You're going to activate fans that are like, oh, I like SC. I like SC. I don't get to see them too often. Now it's like, oh, they're coming to the big house? My grandfather, 44 years, big house, season ticket holder. He's like, I come to his house today. He's like, yeah, so we're going to the Coliseum from Michigan and USC. And I'm like, oh, yeah, me and my grandpa, we went. So that, yeah. you could have never fathomed that 44 years ago. So yeah. what USC and UCLA are doing absolutely is going to activate things all over this country. Well, it already has. Well, and, and before you go, Ro, before you go, when you look at, and this is just, this isn't like a money standpoint, but when you look at just stadium historics, right? Like, cool, Austin Stadium is sweet in Eugene. It's a cool stadium. It's a great, great environment. Uh Husky Stadium in Seattle, very cool. Obviously, the the Sailgate is sweet. Corvallis is a is a tough place to play. It gets way disrespected. It's a tough place. It's cool. The Rose Bowl and the Coliseum are two of the most historic venues in all of not just football but all of sports. And so they deserve to be in the same breath of the Big House, the Horseshoe, the Whiteout in Penn State. And so now we get that. It's great. I yeah. love playing. Give me whatever. If it was two cups of AG Green, you need to pass that on because you are all right. tonight. I've been pent up all day, I guess. So, <laughs> so, so here it is, right? USC and unfortunately UCLA, but I mean, you got to always bring. It's like when you go to the park and your mom says, "Bring your little brother, your little sister <laughs> with you," right? You got to bring them with you. USC is way ahead of the curve, and I'm not talking. This is not going to happen in five years, right? The ACC is locked in until 2036 or 2038 or something like that, right? The ACC is done. The ACC is done, right? You, when you look at the ACC, Duke and North Carolina have to make a decision. They have to figure out, are they going to the Big Ten? Or are they going to they, – they need to decide, are they going to be basketball schools or are they going to be football schools? Once they decide what they want to be, if they're going to be a basketball school, they're going to the Big Ten. If they want to be a football school, they're going to the SEC. Florida State's going to the SEC. Clemson's going to the SEC. Miami's going to the SEC. Boston College and all those other schools have to figure out where they're going to end up going. This is what's going to happen to the NCAA. And this was already going to happen, I think, 2015. Nick's – Okay. The SEC's been cheating for a very long time, and coaches have heard of them cheating. Here we go. They have. They've been cheating for a long time, and coaches, you you don't leave California to go to Clemson. You don't leave California to go to Alabama. You don't leave Hawaii to go to Tuscaloosa, Alabama. You don't do it. If you want to leave Hawaii, you go to California, where you get sunshine all year, and you go sit on the beach. Why would I leave Hawaii? There's only how do you get a job at the at the Mercedes-Benz plant, right? I can't go and apply for a job at the Mercedes-Benz plant. I have to interview and everything. They've been cheating for a long time. Coaches knew they got tired of it. That was the fall of the Pac-12. They were taking they were raiding all the talent because 
the they were paid they were paid for play since the 90s and their pay for play got really big in the late 2000s and the 20s it just ramped up like they knew what it was old miss and mississippi state are back to what old miss and mississippi state were the egg bowl was played on on thanksgiving night you ate your dinner you hung out with your family and at seven o'clock you watched the egg bowl you know why because they weren't good how does old miss and mississippi state all of a sudden get good because they were cheating that's fine coaches got tired of it so the first thing that happened in the ncaa and i will say this it's not larry scott's fault it's mark emmert's fault because he had his babies a college. Mark Emmert it was the commissioner of the NCAA. He was the top honcho of the NCAA. And the SEC was their darling of college sports. And they let him do whatever they want to do. So the first thing was transfer rule. Okay, you get your one-time transfer. Blah, blah, blah. This and that. I believe in 2015 or 2016, Alabama was ready to walk from the NCAA. SC was ready to walk from the NCAA. All the Blue Bloods were ready to walk from the NCAA. Mark Ember got put in a corner, and he had to make a decision. All of a sudden, all these rules started to come out, but they fought NIL for the longest. They had to fight it. They had to fight it. You know why? Because the schools in the Southeast were saying, if you do this, it's going to level the playing field, and you're seeing the playing field starting to be leveled. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow, tomorrow, if I was to get in contact with all of the commissioners of the Power Five Conference, and I say, hey, let's walk from the NCAA. You guys are the board. You guys rule this. You guys could do whatever you want to do within reason. You can only have five-year players, this and that. But if you want to buy somebody's mom a house, you could buy them a house to get into your school. The NCAA will be over right then and there. What's going to happen is there's going to be three major conferences, the Big Ten, the SEC, and the Big 12, right? And the Big 12 is barely going to hang on. What's eventually going to happen? They're going to be gone. It's going to be one powerful conference, and it's going to be all the Blue Buds battling out for a national championship. Then the rest are going to have to figure out, and then you're going to have other tiers. How do we get here? This should have never happened. This is how we got here. You got a governing body over amateur athletes. Right, one point one billion dollars in revenue. One point one. You're controlling football, basketball, baseball, and softball, the highest grossing sports in your whatever you want to call it, and you're not for profit. One point one billion dollars. Do you know what the payout was for the national championship? I think it was eighty million dollars. How are you bringing in $1.1 billion and you only the, the two schools who play in the national championship are making $80 million and the kids get nothing? That's how we got here. SC is ahead of the game. They knew what they had to do because Big Ten is going to be gone. Big 12 is going to be gone. The SEC is going to be gone. And you're going to have a school. You're going to have a conference with Alabama, Texas, Ohio State, Michigan, uh, maybe Oregon, Penn State, all the big logos are going to be in one conference and there may be some other ones and the rest of them are going to have to figure it out. That's where, that's where, that's where athletic sports are going. Is it going to happen in 20 years? I don't think so, but it may happen before we die. I'm 35. I feel like I got another, maybe, I, I feel like I'm going to see 95, right? <laughs> so, so I got, you know, I got another 60 years. I may see it before I leave this earth, but that's where college sports is going. What SC did, they're ahead of the curve. And that's we're better than you. 
we're trendsetters. We set in the trend and we're going to put ourselves in the best situation possible. And right now, the Big Ten is the best situation possible to keep us relevant and put us in that power conference when it's time to align for that power conference. We will at one point, we will no longer see the NCAA. I'm sorry to go on that. I'm sorry to go on that rant, but I told you guys I was going yeah. to something deep. But no, how, how do you guys feel about it? Let's start with Candace because you were a college athlete, and then we'll go to Ryan. Because I was a college athlete. Yeah, like you, bro, I I played intramural softball in college, right? <laughs> <laughs> Over here. But you were able to get a band aid from a booster. I wasn't. <laughs> how do I feel about everything you said? Yeah, just college okay. athletics. Just college. Oh, you talked to my soul right there. <laughs> like, how did the Pac-12 get to where it was? Like, college athletics, all that. Just no. I mean, I I don't disagree with you. Bottom line was greed and this amateur sport level. But your revenue, your revenue is like professional athletics. Outside of soccer and Lionel Messi, like the NCAA is a true professional sports association. But we continue to hide it or we won't hide it. We'll cover it and we'll create semi rules that are flexible and make it just seem good. I, I wonder if Jen actually worked for the NCAA. That's how it works. There it is. <laughs> I mean, I like I said, I'm excited that USC, I'm not surprised though. Like you said, we're trendsetters. Like it's what we do. Plus, we we've had the, we can make power moves and always had made power moves before you or I were even part of USC. Um, and then the fact that just think about it. Maybe there were other schools that tried to make that move to the Big Ten, and the Big Ten was like, "Yeah, nah, dog, we're straight. We probably should have got rid of Rutgers. We definitely should have got rid of Nebraska. So we need to be a little bit tight about who we're letting in. And Maryland, mm, you're on the cusp a little bit too. But Maryland, Oregon State, or more Maryland and I don't even know who those people are going to be, but the idea of I'm curious to say were other schools trying to make that move, and USC was accepted because of who we are and what we do and what we can be. I don't think so. They want, no, they wanted a West Coast market, and they knew USC is the biggest name, and not just the West Coast, but they're a top three name in all college sports. There you go. Say it again. No one says no to SC. No one. Yeah, says no to SC. that's all I wanted. That's that's it. That's it. That's but it. People I don't care do what say- anyone says. People do say no to UCLA. So <laughs> I saw articles. No. This is going to hurt my, my home a little bit, but I saw articles early on that was like UCLA was trying to be like, oh, could we share flights because financially it's going to be tough for us? I was like, oh, man. I'm paying back yeah. that underwater deal still over there. Because <laughs> they're, they're having to deal with all the UC regions and they have got to pay a cut to Cal. Like they got, yeah, oh, they, got, no. they got their own issues. But, um, no, I, yeah, I, I'm not even going to add anything because I agree with everything you said. Uh, it's it's wild that we got to this point, and I think we've we've talked about it a lot. Uh, let's how about we end the show with this? We're getting up close to an hour here, so we'll we'll cut off yeah. here quickly. Here we are coming off the bye week. We got ASU this weekend, which we'll talk about later in the week. We'll preview that game. Um, but eight teams of the Pac-12 in the top 25 all look good. Washington State is the the bottom of those teams. You got UCLA, you got Oregon State, you got Oregon, Washington, uh, going down the list. Who, I'll ask each of you, who of those teams at this point, three games in, concerns you most? Oregon. Al, let's start with you. Oregon. Oregon, and I'll tell you why. None of those teams could go point for point with us except Oregon. 
Oregon is the only team that's put up as much points as we put up in the, over the three games, right? Except when they went to Texas Tech and they had a battle and they showed that they do have grit and they made it out of the Texas Tech game. But they put 81 up their first game, but they put 70-something up last week. Like, Oregon is the only team I think can score what is point for point. Everybody else, they'll, they'll keep up for a while, but we'll constantly be pushing bricks out the wall. And once you push that right brick out the wall, the rest of the wall falls. So you may see some games that's like, 50 35 you may see some game you know what i mean but oregon is the only team like you could see a hundred point total games playing oregon right so oregon's the only one that's like I, i'm interested to see the over under for the oregon game i wouldn't be surprised if it's like 80 like <laughs> like yeah. the, that's the only one that that worries me for sure candace i are you- don't you say it don't you say that school she can say whatever. It's her opinion. What school was I going to say? Colorado. <laughs> I'll just be 100. I'm going to just keep it based off of my observation. I live on the on the East Coast or in the Midwest. I have not got to see any Pac-12 Pac teams play besides Colorado, UCLA, and USC. UCLA, you know, there's a small piece of me that would be like, just wanting them to get it together. And they're just, they're just UCLA. They have moments and... But Colorado, like, again, I keep using this adjective, but electrifying and the level of talent. I don't, I haven't seen Oregon. I kind of feel like historically Oregon, maybe that's where my mind can be. And Utah, there's a little bit, a little bit of talk about how they are. And they kind of always kind of sneak in at the end and do what they do. But with Caleb being the next Heisman Trophy winner, I'm not too concerned about them. If anybody, it's going to be prime time. Nice. All right. Love it. (laughs) Hey. Thank you guys for joining. Wait, um, I got to give my answer, right? Do I got to give my answer or no? Oh, I thought you said your answer. I apologize. Edit that part out. No, well, I, no, that stays in the show. I'll be quick, but I'll, I'm going to do a quick breakdown, but I'll, I'll be quick. But so no disrespect to Utah. They won the Pac-12 last two years in a row, but they're coming to the Cauley. Utah's a different team at Rice-Eccles than they are on the road. They're almost a 500 team on the road. So at this point, we don't even know how healthy Cam Rising is yet. Hasn't played a game yet. So when he comes to the call, we'll see, we'll see if he plays this weekend against UCLA. UCLA could beat them at Rice Eccles this weekend. UCLA is another team that I think uh, actually looks very good. Dante Moore, freshman, truth, Detroit, Michigan, your hood, your hood right there. And he looks the part. I mean, he is not only, I mean, he's not, was was the the number one freshman. Yeah. He was a, it was him and Arch Manning were the two top recruits, and Arch Manning can't even win QB3 at Texas. Dante Moore is not only winning the job, but he's looking light years ahead of everyone else uh, in that freshman class. So UCLA's got a running game. Their defense, their front seven might be one of the best in the Pac-12. I know we don't want to admit it here on the Detroit podcast, but their front seven is legit. Leatu Latu is going to be a first-round pick in the NFL. So they scare me. But at this point, three games for me, and I haven't even mentioned Oregon, Oregon's great, but I think the fact that they barely beat Texas Tech, let's be real, Fred, Texas Tech isn't necessarily a powerhouse team, and if they didn't get a pick six in the last two seconds, they won by one point. Washington, for me, is a team that scares me the most. Michael Penix Jr. is a legit Heisman candidate. Kellen DeBoer's turned that program around in just the same amount of time as Lincoln Riley here at SC. They got 1A or 1B, whatever you want to call it, receiving uh, core in the Pac-12. 
So uh, there's a lot of good teams, but to me, Washington, it happens to be homecoming game at the Cauley, and I believe, Candace, you're going to be there, so it should be a great game. And they're probably so heartbroken that they've lost their athletic director. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, and that point, too. They're angry. They're putting that on the bulletin board. They're putting that on the bulletin board. It's going to be L.A., and there's going to be theatrics, and there's going to be drama because they lost their AD, and she's now. Anyways, you know I had to do it. Love it. Close us out, Fred. There we go. Don't forget to come check us out this weekend at Stone Brewery in Pasadena. On top of that, don't forget to stop by your local convenience store, grocery store, wherever, to grab yourself a fight on pillow. Brought to you by Stone Brewery. This is the Salute to Troy podcast. We got deep today. I enjoyed it. Thursday, we're back to work, guys. So we got to get ready for a game. Arizona State is first. We'll see. Oh, I was sorry. I almost forgot about this. I want to thank you guys. We reached a thousand viewers. We will reach out to our winner for their free t-shirt. Our next task is 5,000 subscribers. You get, we get to 5,000 subscribers. We'll give you a t-shirt and a case of fight on Pell So you we, get, a, Hey, we get to 5,000 subscribers. We're buying Reggie Bush's parents a new house. There you go. Do it. 5,000 subscribers is the goal. Tell your friends about us. Subscribe. Throughout the Salute Detroit podcast, 5,000 subscribers. You get yourself a T-shirt and a pack of Fight on Pell Ryan, Candice, it's been fun. Great conversation today. I appreciate you guys. Once again, the Salute Detroit podcast, the free fight on.